0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Mike McCarthy is putting his head coaching career on the line. I've worked with head coaches who are play callers. It is difficult. It's not like we, we've thrown away our playbook and tried to start over or anything like that. I mean, obviously, we've had some success.
2: It's been good having Mike in there. I think he's going to bring a edge to our offense. If we're still going to run the football. It's going to be a big part of what we're doing. He's won the Super Bowl, and he's been the championship games calling plays, so he knows
0: exactly what it takes. The fact that we're doing this, Mike's calling the plays, this has everything to do with the positive this around that. It's building around deck.
3: But can the boys get it done this year? That's the question we've been asking about the Dallas Cowboys for quite some time. He's Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman, Kantin Carlin, ESPN radio, the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80, ESPN radio is presented by Progressive Insurance and you can always tweet us you can find Mark at Mark Zeno. you can find me at M Smallman and Mark, when we're making a list of teams under pressure to get it done in 2023, do you have any team higher than the Dallas Cowboys on your list or where do they where do they rank on your pressure list?
2: I mean, they're definitely in the top five. Uh, the, the aforementioned Buffalo Bills would need to be up there just because they've they've been on the doorstep much closer than the Cowboys have um, over the last couple of years, and, and we would expect them to finally be able to get home. But, you know, um, the, the amount of pressure that's on the Cowboys extends well beyond just the fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl and going on, carry the two, yes, that's correct, two decades now. <laughs> um, you know, going on three decades, actually. But regardless, you know, this is a team that, that – has the key positions in place? You have the quarterback you need. You certainly have a defense that you need. You've had a running game through Ezekiel and now Tony Pollard for what you need to do. The one thing that they haven't been able to solve, really, since Jimmy uh, J- Jim Jones Jim Johnson left, um, you know Barry Switzer kind of one with Jimmy Johnson's teams, but you know they haven't ever really had that coach with any stability other than Bill Parcells, who was charged with turning around a franchise that basically had to rebuild from the start. So beyond that, they haven't seen a head coach that's been able to elevate anyone or anything to the next level. And whether Jerry Jones would admit it or not, how can you, after this year, if it doesn't net an NFC championship game or a Super Bowl appearance or a Super Bowl win, how can you really run it back again with Mike McCarthy? Like this, It's the definition of insanity. How can you literally put him back on the sidelines and go, No, I still got faith in you, Mike. You'll get this one done eventually.
3: Well, Jerry Jones doesn't think he's going to have to answer those question mark, questions mark because he thinks that he's got a championship roster and he expects to get it done. Here is the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones yesterday at his press conference after training camp.
0: I certainly
2: think and came to camp with the idea in mind that if we can have the kind of camp we want to have, that uh, we've got a team that can compete for the top spot. I don't want to understate that for sure. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done because we're
0: going to play a lot of young players. But uh, I think that when you weigh it, you weigh where we've
2: evolved uh, over the last two or three years with our defense. Uh, You look at uh, some of the talent we've got. Look at Dak. When I look at all those things, I think we've got a
0: chance to be a contender.
3: And, Mark, we know that the Cowboys always have pressure to win, and I think most of us consider Mike McCarthy to be on the hot seat if he doesn't get it done this year. As you just said, they'll probably pivot. At least that's what we're all assuming. I thought that uh, for for many years uh, with Jason Garrett, how long will they keep him? And he had a pretty long leash, so who knows with Jerry Jones. Sometimes he surprised you. But I, when Jerry Jones comes out and says this, Early in training camp, we expect to be a championship team. We have the pieces in place to get it done. Do you think that unless they win the Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy is going to be there? Because to me, that's pretty much drawing a line in the sand saying, this is what I expect and anything less is a failure.
2: I mean, I always kind of hate the idea of Super Bowl or boss. Like, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. We know this, right? Like, you have to... What the Chiefs are doing is incredibly uncommon. What the Patriots did is incredibly uncommon. Um look and just look at the Ravens. Look how successful they've been since John Harbaugh took over. One Super Bowl appearance, one Super Bowl win. It's really hard and nobody would doubt the quality of the Ravens organization from top to bottom from owner, GM, you know, head coach, quarterback. I mean, they've had everything they've need, defense for the entire time and it's only netted one Super Bowl appearance and one win. So, it's incredibly hard to win a Super Bowl. So, I don't like that kind of measuring stick in general, but you know, they've got to find the right elixir. Now, I could, you know, I, this might be blasphemy, but I I could argue that maybe the key component in all this why Dallas hasn't won might be the guy at the very, very top and the owner. But mm-hmm. there's probably a much deeper, different conversation there because that's also the guy who's helping to decide, um, as Bill Parcells would say, pick the groceries. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, I, I, there, there is some of that that's, that's in this whole thing. And, you know, Jerry Jones is never going to fire himself. Uh, so he could keep doing this over and over and over again. But we do have one immutable data point that since Jerry Jones has taken over as a GM of this team, they've won squat. Yes. And that's part of the equation. That's It's genuinely part of the equation here. Um, there's a reason why Steve Buschetta doesn't do it. There's a reason why the Roonies don't do it. There's a reason why, um, you know, uh, uh, oh, who owns the Eagles? Why am I losing his name? It, it's off the top of my... You you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, there's a reason why the Hunt family doesn't do it. They have Brett Veach do it, right? Jeff Um, Lorre. Because, thank you. I knew it was, I I wanted to say with an F, but it wasn't with (laughs) a Lorre. Anyway, there's a reason why those guys don't do it, because it's really hard, and you have to be really good at it, and you have to have a lot of experience doing it, and, you know, um, ownership should should sort of generally stay out of that. I just, I don't think Dak is the guy with all the pressure. I think Dak has proven time and time again, when he's healthy, okay, and he is well coached, that he is a, a way above replacement level quarterback. I don't think Dak has ever been the problem at all. Dak has proven he can play at a really high level at this, for, for extended periods of time in the NFL.
3: But his playoff record isn't where they expected it to be. Last year, 15 interceptions in 12 regular season games. He also had two more interceptions in the playoffs. I feel like the conversation about Dak, can he get it done, is persisting for good reason. He He certainly has areas of improvement. While being a a good quarterback while being a great quarterback at times you're looking for that consistency from him and you're looking for him to do it on the biggest stage consistently as well so I do think there's questions around Dak and I think there's pressure on Dak I think there's obviously more pressure on Mike McCarthy because it's easier to change out your head coach than it is to change out your franchise quarterback but I certainly do not think Dak is absolved of any of the pressure here
2: no, no, I, I look, I agree with you. There. I'm not saying Dak is, is absolved of pressure. He certainly has to, much like Josh Allen, isn't absolved of pressure. Or, right. you know, uh, Kirk Cousins isn't absolved of pressure. wherever it may be, um, th- those guys don't get a pass. But we know you don't replace, you don't just, you know, kick quarterbacks to the curb and go get a new one on a routine basis. The, the players have more longevity and staying power than coaches and GMs do. So um, Dak certainly has to continue to play at a really high level. But there's so much that goes into, Michelle, what happens in a specific playoff loss or a specific playoff game that, you know, I I, I always have said, if you default to the playoff win or loss argument... You don't really have much of a leg to stand on because if that's the only measure you're using, Mark Sanchez has more road playoff wins than have to, than 75 of the quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> so does Joe Flacco. I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. There, there, there's a there's a product of a whole team there that has to be very good uh, for those guys to have won, and that's there's it's no different. Yes, you need quarterbacks in big moments to make big plays. Does Dak have to do that? Sure. Throwing two picks in a playoff game, bad. Always going to be bad. It's never going to be looked at any other way. But on the macro level, for 17 games of the regular season, and two postseason games, you know, Dak is still the guy. And I don't think anybody really needs to debate
3: that. Well, part of the reason he's been able to have success is because of Zach Martin and the protection that he's gotten. And Zach Martin, unhappy with his contract, not reporting to Camp Mark. I know that you can't just give everybody what they want financially, but when so much of your success hinges on your quarterback, and Zach Martin has been the best player on your team, arguably, or if not one of them. You need to get it done with him. You need to find a way to strike a compromise here. And I know that this is going to be something that persists. This is certainly the big talk right now around Cowboys training camp and their head coach, Mike McCarthy, talked about Zach Martin
1: he's a great player. He's, you know, he's he's one of our team leaders and, you know, there's nothing but love for him. And and so that part hasn't changed. I think as Jerry's already addressed it, I mean, this is a business situation and and that's where it is.
3: He's, he's open for that new deal.
2: (laughs) I mean, look, there, there are things that directly affect your ability to win football games, right? I mean, that's, that's what this boils down to your quarterback and your left tackle directly, uh, affect your ability to win football games if you can't protect your quarterback there's always going to be a problem with you being able to win I mean and just take this from a a a betting and odds maker perspective when an offensive lineman goes out that absolutely will move a line in a certain direction because that's how critical they are to the outcome of a football game Um, you can't have any measured success for any extended period of time if your offensive line isn't you know, it isn't intact. And look, I'll just a reference for a team that I covered, the 2016 Atlanta Falcons, their offensive line, all five of those guys, nobody probably remembers who any of them are, but that, other than Jake Matthews is still playing. They played every single snap together of every single game. Matt Ryan won an MVP and they went to a Super Bowl. That is something that directly affects your ability to win a football game. And if you can't get that under, you know, control and some level of stability, it's, it's going to be a long, long year for the Cowboys.
3: He's Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman, it's Canteen Carlin, and it's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. You can get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com.
2: Hey, let's go do our job,
0: man. NFL Nation 2 days
3: Time
2: is here!
0: On ESPN Radio. The Denver Broncos.
2: Blue 58!
0: This is Jeff Legwald covering the Broncos. And the biggest item on first-year coach Sean Payton's to-do list? Fix this offense and quarterback Russell Wilson along with it. The Broncos have finished 28th or worst in scoring in three of the last four seasons, and they were last in the league in scoring last season. Wilson, he's coming off his worst season as a pro with just 16 touchdown passes in 2022, and he led the league with 55 sacks. That's a lot to handle for Payton but he has to get it done. Countdown down, to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio.
3: So many questions surrounding the Denver Broncos, surrounding Russell Wilson. Can he have a bounce back here? Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Can he fix this offense? And they're an interesting team, Mark, because depending on... What we see out of Russell Wilson, they could be ten and seven, they could be seven and ten. You know what I mean? We we really don't. There's a huge disparity in what this team could be based on the production that you get from Russell Wilson.
2: Yeah, and fix Russell Wilson is the right term because last year he was broken. Um, he did not look like a guy who knew how to play the position and play it well, missing short throws, missing underneath throws, missing just stuff that you'd never seen him miss before. And you talk about the 55, the, the 55 sacks that he took. Russell Wilson used to extend plays with his legs when he was in Seattle. He used to keep plays alive and, and, and take off and run, and that was part of what made him so tough to stop. So dangerous, as they say. Um, oh, but dangerous. Yeah, but I know, I know. <laughs> If they can't, if Sean Payton can't get him fixed, and the only way Sean Payton can fix him is with his scheme. Now, for my money, with all deference to Andy Reid, Sean Payton is still the best schemer and play caller in my lifetime, offensively. Mm-hmm. I, I would stipulate, and Saints fans will hate me for this: Drew Brees is nothing without Sean Payton. Like he doesn't even get to the Hall of Fame without driving there and buying a ticket. Um, and now he's going to walk right into Canton without a doubt with with, with no reservations. So. Sean Payton is everything. He is exactly the coach to fix this offense and make them better and make them more explosive. You know, and and, and it's not like this is an offense devoid of weapons here, Michelle. They've got fast receivers on the outside, Cortland Sutton. They got Jerry Judy. They've had a, a kind of mix of running backs going in and out, but they've all been fairly talented. Um, one way or another, whether you know with Melvin Gordon, wherever it was, and and whatever combination they've been using, um, a lot of those guys are getting banged up because. Just holes weren't there, and they had no ability to run the game because guess what? You didn't have to worry about Russell Wilson beating you through the air. So you could stack eight in the box and say, hey, go beat us that way. So Sean Payton has a lot of work to do. If there's anybody who can do it, it's him. And nobody says this enough because I think Sean Payton definitively has a sort of kind of Hall of Fame resume as a coach. But people remember how you start and how you finish, Mm -hmm. right? This could be a legacy kind of stinker if it doesn't go well for Sean Payton. Like, you you talk about your pork chop smell in your hair not being good. (laughs) This is kind of the the pork chop smell that Sean Payton might be having in his hair that no one wants to be around if he can't turn this thing around. Because ultimately, it's going to look bad on him for not being able to do it with a guy who's already been to two Super Bowls.
3: See, I think that the pressure lies squarely on Russell Wilson's shoulders. I think this is a legacy-defining situation for Russell Wilson, not Sean Payton. Sean Payton is brought in to fix the problem, and I don't think people are going to look at Sean Payton and say, it's your fault that Russell Wilson wasn't able to bounce back because Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle. He didn't think that... He was being put in a position to win there. He, he didn't think that th- the front office and the coaching staff was getting it done. He goes to Denver, has a rough year, and I think that you don't have Nathaniel Hackett as an excuse. Like, 16 touchdown passes and a league and career, most times 15 sacks. I mean, they they invested big in the offensive line, so the sack... The sack question is hopefully out the window. The head coach question is hopefully out the window. I think it's time for Russell Wilson to show that he's that guy. I mean, at one point, he was one of the most productive and effective weapons in this league. And I think the question is squarely on him. Was last year an outlier or has he lost it?
2: Well, let's remember the one thing that's hanging over both of their heads right now. Both Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Guess what? Hate to break it to you guys. You're playing for second because you might be better. You, you might be very good, but until you knock off the Chiefs, guess what? You're going on the road every single playoff game until further notice and learn to win in Kansas City because that's if I'm Sean Payton, I walk into the first meeting and circle that game on the calendar. I don't care if we go one in 16. You better win that game in Kansas City. You want to know why? Because that's the one place we're going to have to win every single year in the postseason if we want to win a Super Bowl. That's the only game that matters to me. It's the only game I need to win. So put all your energy and effort into that because if you can't beat Kansas City at Arrowhead, guess what? You're going to be watching the Super Bowl from your couch. End of conversation.
3: So would that be a successful season for you? Like we, We've asked a lot during these 2 days what does success look like for X team? What does success look like for the Denver Broncos as far as you're concerned?
2: I will say success looks like, at worst, 8-9. and nine. Probably 9-8, nine and eight, okay? They don't have to make the play because the AFC is impossible to make the playoffs. It's just that, it, you know, t- talk about the stronger of two conferences here. So I'm not sitting here saying they have to make the playoffs. But I will say, you want a real measure of success, beat the Chiefs not only in Arrowhead, but beat them twice. Oh, because boy. if you do that, if you beat the Chiefs, listen, Michelle, well, like no I said, pressure. they could no go 2-15 and 15 if they can handle the Kansas City Chiefs That's all you need to know in the big picture the next year, next two years, next three years, because that Mahomes guy ain't going anywhere. And unless somebody plans on, you know, giving him a Nancy Kerrigan treatment, guess what? Oh, my God. The dude's going to be under center. So
3: Don't give anyone any ideas. Come on, man. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably about the only way you can beat Mahomes these days. We don't need to go uh, Jeff Galule
3: on anybody, all right? all right.
2: Yeah, unless it, Jeff Galooly might be on the Broncos <laughs> staff at some point in time. But regardless, I mean, I, I'm speaking seriously. Like, if you can't figure out a way to beat Kansas City, you're dead in the water to begin with. So those are the two games that probably mean more than anything, at least if I was the head coach, that's what I would say.
3: Well, they can't beat anybody if Russell Wilson doesn't bounce back. Can he get it done? Here's his former teammate, Robert Turbin, about Russell Wilson and his ability to turn it around this season.
4: I think he's in a great situation. He's in a situation where uh, he feels very rejuvenated, similarly to what we hear about Aaron Rodgers in New York with the Jets. He's where he wants to be. He's being coached by a coach that he wants to work with, that he's always admired from afar. And I think that's going to really breed greatness for him This year, And as far as him being misunderstood, I think to a certain degree, uh, you know, he's a difficult person to get to know. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a private person to a certain extent as well. Uh, but Russ is one of the great teammates in all of football. He's one of the great quarterbacks that we have in this league as well. And I expect him to do great things again this season.
3: So somebody that knows him that played alongside him, expecting him to turn it around.
2: Yeah, I, I, it'd be really shocking. Like, more shocking than what we saw from Russell Wilson last year. Michelle would be more shocking if he backed it up with another stinker. I mean, it's just so hard to believe from a guy who played at such a high level for such a long time uh, and was so critical to the success of a team that won a Super Bowl and theoretically could have won another one. Um, Should have See won him another play one. <laughs> at this. I still. Uh, you're never going to get me to say that, that throwing the ball was the wrong decision. It was 100% oh. the right decision. Pete Carroll. Th- 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 Darrell Bevel was thinking two and three plays ahead is what you're supposed to do as an offensive coordinator. You don't play for this; it's like a chess game. You don't play for this game. You're playing the next two or three moves ahead. So we can get into that another time. But anyway, yeah, yeah. point simply is, is that you know, it's it, it would be more shocking than what I saw last year if he backed it up with another stinker because he just it feels like he's too good to be this bad.
3: He's Mark Zeno. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next on Canteen Carlin, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. Which quarterback is going to win more in their career? We'll debate it on Easy ESPN answer. Radio.
1: <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: Justin Herbert. He has gotten paid a landmark five-year, $262.5 million extension that ties him to the Chargers through the 2029 season. The Chargers have been penciling the numbers. They knew it was going to be a big number and they prepared for it from their side and from Justin Herbert's side. He just wanted a deal done. He
4: just wanted to go out there and play football. So charge up the Chargers came to the table with a deal that was north of everybody else
3: and made it pretty easy for them to say, all right, let's go to train camp. He didn't get just any deal. He got the deal. He's the highest paid player in NFL history. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert agrees to a five-year extension worth $262.5 million. Alongside Mark Zeno, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. But just because he broke the bank, does that mean he's the best quarterback in the AFC? Hmm. Probably not. Let's bring in our producer Shannon Penn who's going to help us rank these quarterbacks. Well, Shannon, yeah. what do you have? We're
4: going to do a little true or false here looking at some of the uh AFC quarterbacks. You got to tell me whether or not this quarterback is better than Justin Herbert. Essentially, would you take this quarterback over Justin Herbert? Work for you?
3: I love it. Let's
4: go. All right, Mark, I'll start with you first. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, true or false? Trevor Lawrence, better quarterback than Justin Herbert. True or false? That
2: is hella false. That's a hell no. Trevor Lawrence is not better than Justin Herbert. Not in any world, not in any planet, not in any football game, never. Justin Herbert is a more talented quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He has accomplished more to this point, obviously, than Trevor Lawrence has in his career. And oh, by the way, guess what? Justin Herbert has done it uh, with insufficient coaching that Trevor Lawrence, after uh, having one year of Urban Meyer, which is insufficient coaching. But, you know, he got a quarterback whisperer in in uh, Doug Peterson. So, no, not for my money. I would not take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert.
3: So, as of right now, Justin Herbert has performed better than Trevor Lawrence. If you're asking me who I'm putting my money on long term, give me Trevor Lawrence oh, all day. And this is no disrespect to Justin Herbert because I think that he's an exceptional quarterback and he's got a lot of potential as well to be one of the best in the league. But to me, Trevor Lawrence is on a different plane. I think we saw last year what he was able to do once he got some stability with Doug Peterson, once he was removed from the terrible Urban Meyer experience. And this is a guy who we saw in college win at the biggest level. And I know that doesn't always translate to NFL success. I think it will with Trevor Lawrence. So long-term... I think we're talking about him signing a long-term deal with the Jaguars, and I think he's going to be one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, Michelle,
4: next quarterback on the list, true or false? Lamar Jackson, better AFC quarterback than Justin Herbert, true or false?
3: Shannon, these are so tough. You're giving us really tough ones because up until this point, Lamar has certainly been better. He's an MVP. He's had more success than Justin Herbert, but I'm worried about the, the health with Lamar. I worry about the longevity. And with Justin Herbert, he's just 25 years old, and I think he's got so much going for him. Now, is this right now in this moment, or are we talking long-term? How does this play? Yes. To both?
4: <laughs> yes. However you want to interpret it. Yes.
3: Okay, okay, okay. So I would say right I'm trying now... To
4: yes. here, I'm trying to get you uh, out here, Michelle. Trying to get you out. So
3: yes, yes. Right now, I would go with Lamar. Long-term, I'm going with Justin Herbert.
2: Look, I'm going to show my, my, my backside here. No, Lamar Jackson is not better than Justin Herbert, okay? It's just not, like... Maybe it's the rocket arm for me with Justin Herbert. Maybe it's the long flowing locks. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, <laughs> there's an argument to be made that Lamar Jackson still has some passing deficiencies. I'm not saying he's. A, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is a bad passer. I'm not going to sit there and denigrate, you know, his ability. But Justin Herbert is a much better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson is at this point. And say what you want about the running stuff. Nobody's going to duplicate what Lamar does with his legs. So that's an unfair thing. Is it? Does that outweigh it for me? No, it doesn't. I'll still take Justin Herbert.
4: All right, the next quarterback on the list here, Mark, true or false, Josh Allen, better AFC quarterback than Justin Herbert. True or false?
2: I mean, come on, guys, a little take integrity here. Of course I'm not taking anybody above Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. Not by much. It's right, it's close, but Josh Allen's my guy, best quarterback in the league. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes. Sorry to the rest of ESPN Nation and everybody listening. (laughs) Uh, Josh Allen is still uh, tops on my quarterback list, so he's better than Justin Herbert.
3: I'm glad he's tops on your quarterback list cuz I don't know if he was tops on anybody else's mark. It's great to be an individual. I like that you're really standing firmly in that <laughs> take. You you're like, "You know what? Everyone I'm else is going to pick Patrick Mahomes. He's a two, you know, he's got the MVPs, I, 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 he's got he's got the the Super Bowls." Let me just zag here and go, Michelle, go Josh I, Allen. I'm just telling
2: you like I I thought Justin Herbert being third on my list was going to be more controversial than Josh Allen being at the top. Apparently, I was wrong.
3: No, I think you're definitely uh Miscalculated there. A lot of people were shocked with that take. Yeah. Um Josh Allen's a better quarterback right now than Justin Herbert. Again, I love Justin Herbert's ability. I love what he's done in his first three seasons, but Josh Allen is, I think, a more accomplished quarterback, and I would definitely take him right now.
4: All right, Michelle, AFC quarterback, True Force, looking at quarterbacks who we think might be better than Justin Herbert. The next quarterback, Michelle, Deshaun Watson. True Faust, better AFC quarterback than Justin Herbert.
3: False. Can't go there. After what we saw last season, uh, I know there was a lot at play with Deshaun last year. He was, of course, suspended. He was getting reacclimated to the speed of the NFL game. He had a lot of stuff happening off the field, whether it was of his own making or not. It's distractions. It's pressure. And I just don't know if we're going to be able to see him regain that form. And until I see it, I'm not choosing him over Justin Herbert.
2: I uh, Look, this is only tough for me from the standpoint of if I had the 2020 Deshaun Watson and I knew that he was coming back this year, I would pick Deshaun Watson. But to your point, Michelle, I don't know that. Uh, I think when, when I talk quarterbacks, I'm always talking about talent level. What do I always say? Strip off the jersey, strip away the coach, strip away the weapons, and put everybody else at replacement level and tell me what that quarterback can do. For my money, if that's the scenario, 2020 Deshaun Watson was better than 2022 – Justin Herbert going into 2023. But I just don't know if I'm ever going to see that Deshaun Watson again. I probably don't think I will. If he shows back up, guess what? The Browns might win the AFC North. If he shows back up, the Browns might win the AFC North. But I don't know. I think there's chances, better chances of him not showing up there. So i got to lean Justin Herbert being better.
4: All right, the last quarterback here on the list. Looking at AFC quarterbacks, true or false, better than Justin Herbert. Mark, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Is okay. Aaron Rodgers a better AFC quarterback? than Justin Herbert.
2: Aaron Rodgers better than Justin Herbert. I, um, n- n- no. Uh, it's much closer than people would give it credit for. Uh, Because I think they look at Rodgers and his age, and they look at Rodgers and what they saw last year, and they think that Rodgers is falling off. I I will tell you again, that wasn't the case. Rodgers was being smart last year. He was trying to stay productive in an offense that didn't allow him to put up the same numbers that he had originally put up in Green Bay. And um, It's slight, but you know what? I'll give Rodgers a nod over Herbert just right now in pure decision-making ability um there's still some you know throws I think Justin Herbert tries to force sometimes that lead to some some interceptions things of that nature that Rodgers last year didn't which is why his numbers took a hit cuz he would throw it away or take a sack but regardless I I would go with uh Herbert.
3: What Herbert's done so far in his career has been really impressive. Again, he has the most passing yards through a player's first 3 seasons in NFL history. He's led an offense that had the most points during his first 3 years in NFL history. It's he's been impressive. Even though Aaron Rodgers is getting towards the end of his career and this might be the final season, next season might be the final season, I still can't take Justin Herbert over Aaron Rodgers. I think we're going to see a rejuvenated version of Aaron Rodgers. He could only hope to do what Aaron Rodgers has done in his career. So I'm, I'm going to take number right. eight now. It's so weird to me that he's number eight, but I'm going to take eight now over Justin Herbert. I mean, Rodgers was
2: five on my list, Michelle. So, you know, he was right there.
3: There you go. Well, thank you, Shannon. That was a fun game of True or False. He's Mark Zeno. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, will the Bengals make Joe Burrow the highest paid player in the NFL? We'll discuss it on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at lq.com.
0: This is the Kantian Carlin Podcast. Touchdown,
2: Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes' best player. Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in football. Burrow. Touchdown, what a start! You no, know, I try to leave a legacy wherever I go. He's everything we want to be
0: about.
1: So we take a lot of pride in having Joe Barrage our quarterback. I try
3: to leave a legacy of hard work and dedication. <laughs> What's this, a little third eye blind? Or no? Is that third eye blind? Yeah. It sure yeah, is. Yeah, you got it. I wish I could get back there. I, mean, I feel like I'm back I'm is... back in a uh, in high school. Nineteen ninety
2: eight, nine, somewhere in that range. You never knew... American Pie anthem on the way out? Yeah, you didn't the know life American could be Pie. so
3: good with a simple doo-doo-doo-doo. He's Mark Zeno. I'm Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Love a little third eye blind there. How unexpected. Well, you know what was expected? That Justin Herbert was going to get paid. He and the Chargers reach a five-year, $262.5 million contract extension. He's now the highest paid player in NFL history. And you know what? Mark Zeno is probably going to be short-lived because we know that Joe Burrow is up next. And based on not only the market, but on what he's accomplished already, he is likely to surpass that. Don't you think? I
2: mean, it's the way it goes, whether you deserve it or not. The next guy to get the contract, Gouge, is the guy that gets the most money? As we said earlier, Jalen Hurts was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL for all of 10 days before Lamar Jackson got his deal. And then he was the highest paid quarterback for all of 89 days before uh, we just get the deal today from Justin Herbert. So look, Joe Burrow has accomplished more than... All those guys. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts obviously got to a Super Bowl as well, but to this point, Joe Burrow is a more accomplished passer and a more accomplished quarterback, um, having won multiple you know division titles and things of that nature. So, you know, I, look, I the Bengals are a really tough read as an organization. They have managed to rightly earn the moniker of like the cheapest franchise in all professional sports. Right? Like th- this is not going to be something that goes down as easy as it did for Justin Herbert in, in L.A. with the Chargers. So um, I I don't know how much – I would be surprised if they get a deal done before the final year of his rookie deal, which is coming up when? This year? Is it this year or is it next year? I can't remember. Um, if it's next year, I think they probably wait. If it's this year and they end up in a franchise situation – It's bad news for quarterbacks. It just feels like it is. I I don't know that the Bengals' front office is really adept at doing this. Um, We haven't seen them have to negotiate a quarterback contract in, God, I mean, Andy Dalton might have been the last quarterback that they had to pay, and he wasn't all that great to begin with. I mean, he was good but never great. Um, I can't remember another quarterback in my lifetime other than Boomer Esiason that moved the needle in Cincinnati at that position other than than Joe Burrow. So this is kind of historic for this franchise.
3: I imagine that it's going to get done sooner rather than later. And I think that... It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Joe Burrow because while he certainly is deserving of being the highest paid player, and based on what Justin Herbert just got, I would not be surprised if we see him see him clear that threshold. He also has acknowledged that he knows that deals are coming up for T. Higgins, that Jamar Chase is eligible for an extension after this season, and that he is keeping their salaries in mind when he's negotiating his deal. So it's going to be interesting to see where that number falls, Mark, because he certainly wants to get paid. He wants to secure his bag. I'm sure any player in the league would love that designation of having the biggest contract and being the highest paid player in the sport. But he also wants to make sure that he has the weapons around him that's going to allow him to continue his success. I mean, Cincinnati is in a really good spot right now last year 12 and 4 they won the AFC North for the second straight year Joe Burrow set franchise single season records for completion pass attempts passing touchdowns he wants to try and keep that core together as much as he can
2: yeah I I don't know whether to believe those sort of statements until I actually see it right like, it it briefs really well to say, well, listen, I know T's got a contract and Jamar's got a contract. and I want to keep all these guys together, so I want to do whatever I can do to help the team, you know, to help those guys out. Well, that also could be coded language for I could just continue to throw them the ball and they'll earn a lot of their money and I don't have to take a dime less because I'm Joe Burrow and I don't need to take a dime less. I mean, yes, there is something, too, and we've, we've only seen it happen with one guy, and he happens to have seven Super Bowls, so... You know, he valued winning more than he did necessarily a contract, but he was also the most marketable star in the NFL for a very long time. And he had a super supermodel billionaire wife who, who also brought home some bread for the family. So um, I, I think that that's just a unique scenario. Part of me feels like it's foolish if Joe Burrow takes less. Um, and other quarterbacks should be a little bit miffed that he would take less because guess what? You're hurting their value by doing it too. Right? The market is always fluctuating. We're seeing this with running backs. Every running back that agrees to take less hurts everybody else because it's already a devalued position. So, um, I, I, while I, I like the sentiment, I just don't know how valid it really is and how much it's going to really last and how much that when it comes to the negotiating table, he's really going to say, look, you know, I'm leaving X millions of dollars. And, oh, by the way, is there any guarantee if he does leave X millions of dollars on the table that the. Contract negotiations for T. Higgins and Jamar Chase just automatically get done. Where's the guarantee in that? There's literally no guarantee in that because Jamar Chase may walk into that room and go, I don't care what Joe did. This is about me. I want to, I want to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL history ever. Okay, well, then your five or ten million dollars extra might not mean squat. Doesn't do anything for you. So, you know, I mean, it's tough for me to read that, Michelle, with any real sense of, of how things are going to go.
3: Well, Joe Burrow was on NFL Live yesterday. He was asked about his impending contract situation. And uh, keep in mind, he was asked this before Justin Herbert's contract announcement. Here's what he had to say.
4: Any update as far as where negotiations stand uh, with that new deal? I got nothing for you, my man. (laughs) You'll have to wait and see. Okay, I like that. You're still playing the company line, which is a smart way to approach these things. I'm sure Bengals fans everywhere will love to see when Penn is officially to paper.
3: Well, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out, Mark, but I'm sure he's going to get paid. Coming up next, should Saquon feel slighted after the Giants gave a record extension? We'll talk about it on Canty and Carlin.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.